Thank you. Pete's off sick today, so I don't know if it's a result of that notice or not. But good, wasn't it? He'll talk about that a bit next week. A bit more next week would be great. Hey, you know there are, and as you're aware, there are a number of people away today, um, both on holiday, which is great. And uh, Helen keeps sending us pictures of her wonderful fortnight in Sunshine Coast, which, are, yeah, I mean, doing it hard over there, obviously. But also, you know, there's a lot who are sick as well. And as I said, I already had some texts this morning, given ones who. So if you do notice someone who's not here this morning, why don't you just send them a text or just give them a, a ring and see how they're doing? Because, you know, if they're on holiday, well, it's nice to connect. And if they're sick, I know they'll even appreciate it more to hear from you. So, so do that and just, you know, it's part of being family and just, you know. Um, so, yeah, I just encourage you to do that. Yeah? Cool. Let's just pray, shall we? Father, I just thank you for this time together this morning. Lord, I just thank you for your presence and for the amazing things you've already done. Lord, we're just so privileged to be in a community of, of people that we, we have the presence of the Holy Spirit. Father, we just thank you for that. Holy Spirit, we just, we're just so in awe of your presence here amongst us. And yeah, Jesus, we love you. Thank you, Lord. And Father, I just pray just anoint as I share this morning. Amen. You know, it's interesting the change between the old covenant and the new covenant. And, um, you know, learning, I mean, the part of the journey that we've been on really is discovering how massive that difference is. You know, Jeremiah 31, verse 33, he says, this is a covenant I'm going to make with, with the people, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord. Because they will know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. You know, and what he's saying there, what the Lord is saying is, he's talking into the old covenant, into the time people of Israel. And he's saying, there's a time that's going to come where everything's going to be moved from the external to the internal. You know, we need to understand that in the old covenant, it was always about living externally. It was always about obeying laws. And it didn't really matter what was going on inside. It was as long as you met number one, number two, number three, number four, you were fine. As long as you did that externally. How, whatever your heart attitude was, that was insignificant. It wasn't important. It was irrelevant. But what the Lord is saying here, that there was a time coming where he was going to shift that to it went to become about our heart, about our internal world and that there was going to be a revolution that was going to bring. And in doing so, it meant, he says here, no longer will I need to teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord. And what are you saying about that? Because again, you know, see, we, we don't realize, because we're believers, that those before Jesus Christ, they didn't have the Holy Spirit. You know, even for us, it's, it's hard sometimes, I think about it, it's hard for us to understand that people don't have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us, within inside them. Now, for some people, even as believers, unfortunately, it makes no difference. But the reality is we have God Almighty dwelling inside of us. The very presence of God is here. He's with me. I couldn't imagine a, a moment of that, that reality of not having him. I mean, just, just being aware. I mean, I, I can still remember being on the, on the floor of the bus that was there when I was 15 years old and saying, God, 
I don't know about all the stuff. I don't know what's going on. But if you're real, I want to know. And just suddenly becoming aware of this thing just flooding over my life, that something changed in that, that minute. There was a change. There was something different. And just knowing, oh, God, you are real. You are real. And there's just that element there, you know, that, that the Lord, it, see, it's, it's all about heart-to-heart connection with God. See, even, even in terms of the offering, you know, when, when in the Old Testament, the tithe was you just took it in, you paid your money, that was the end of your responsibility, you walked away. And you paid 10% and that was it, and there was no, no, no need, you know, that was all you had to do. Whereas in the New Testament, it talks about generosity. And so it's not actually about just doing an obedience thing, it's about what's your heart attitude. How am I going to respond? How am I responding to what I'm doing? That's the way the Lord sees it. It's all about heart-to-heart connection. And Jesus exemplified this in his life, loving from this internal relationship with the Father, living from that place of overwhelming presence of the Father. All that he did really was an extra or a surplus or an overflow from an inner life that he had with the Father. Everything that he did came from an intimate, internal connection with God the Father. Romans 5, 5 says, Because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who he has given us. That's what he's pouring out into us. That's what we get to live in, with an overflowing presence. 2 Corinthians 3, 3 says, Being manifested that you are the letter of Christ, Cared for by us, written not with ink, but the spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on the tablets of human hearts. The presence of God is within us. I love Psalm 119.32. You know, David was one of those people who in the old covenant looked beyond the laws and the regulations. He cried out. He said, oh, God, I don't want to just obey a law. It's not enough for me. I've got to go beyond that. I've got to reach out. I want to grab something in you. And he reached, in a sense, beyond the old covenant into the new and grabbed an intimate relationship with God. And he says here, I will run the course of your commandments, for you shall enlarge my heart. You shall enlarge my heart. And something transformed. You see, as sons and daughters of God, we have a great internal reality that we're called to live out of. He's calling us to live out of that place of of internal presence of God. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says, For God, who said, Let there be light and darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts. So we would know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts. You get that? The light that was Christ. Remember, he says, Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That was the level of light of the light of God in his life. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And here in the scripture, it says the light that was in Jesus is now in us that we would know the glory of God that is seen. We have this light shining in our hearts. That's the level of presence that we are invited into. You see, because it is an invitation. Because for many of us, we don't actually appropriate what is available to us. 
We don't understand what is available in terms of presence, the invitation that we've had. Because unfortunately, so often we live out of places of, of shame and fear and anxiety, and we allow other things to define the shadows, the darkness that we so easily get pulled into because of those around us, because of our past lives. It pulls us away from the light of Christ that is available to us. This light shines in our hearts. And in fact, that's the the very title that we're known as, as children of light. Colossians 3 verse 12 says, So now we have been chosen by God, holy and beloved. So it says that you have been chosen by God, holy and beloved. I want to stop right there. Do you know you are holy and beloved right now? It has diddly squat to do with anything that you do. I'm sorry to disappoint you if you think you've had to work really hard because you've got it all wrong. It has nothing to do with what you do. It's all to do with what he has done. And so he declares over you today, holy. He declares over you today, beloved. That is the definition of you. It's not arrogance. It's the reality of how heaven sees you. This is what I keep talking about. It's this invitation to live in this place of appropriating the greatness that God has for you. And part of it is understanding. That's why Jesus says, be holy. He was giving you an invitation into the place, the reality of who you are. You are holy. You don't have to try. You have to live out of it. You are beloved. You don't have to try. You have to live out of it. Positioning yourself to live in that place of acceptance, of knowing that it doesn't matter what you do. You're chosen. It's what we have. I know I have nothing except I absolutely and utterly live in that place of reliance on him, or I try to. Because when I live there, I live in a security. I can minister from the place of pleasure and delight. Again, not because of what I've done, but because of how good he is, how great he is, how wonderful he is, how accepting he is, how much of a father he is. You know, our our youngest granddaughter, Ivy, is five months old. We're going to see her in a few months. Yay. And um, she's at that place now of eating. And it's not necessarily so much eating as bathing in kumara and pumpkin. And it's a whole body experience for our granddaughter. She has it in her hair. She has it in her brother's hair. As he walks by, he gets a handful of it. He kind of, you know, let's cover the whole room with orange is her approach to life right now. But that's okay because she's five months old and she's learning and she's growing. I'm not going to put a fork, or her mother doesn't put a knife and fork down in front of her and says, come on, Ivy, get it together, girl. Come on now. (laughs) Yeah, she probably does wish she could sometimes, yeah. I certainly do when I'm trying to feed her. But anyhow, well, I haven't had that opportunity yet. But you know what I'm saying? It's the fact of her age, she's a delight to her mother. You are a delight to God. You are a delight to God. 
And there is that sense, and, and I'm going right off my sermon, but there is a real sense, I think, for so many of us that we live in that place that we are defined by the past, we are defined by what we've been told, we've been defined by our own lies or our own negative self-talk that hinders us from embracing all that God has. We are holy and beloved, it says. Holy and beloved. Put on, and therefore he says, because of that, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone. Just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you, you should also. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is a perfect bond of unity. You know, the purpose for us as believers is to be filled with love. To live in that place of love and genuine faith, that's what God's calling us to. He wants us to live lives that are marked by love, living out of the internal reality of what God has given us. This is how the world will know you are my disciples. How? By your love, one for another. See, we've been taught in life to do shoulder-to-shoulder relationships. To, to be together, we, we're, we're okay to be together. I mean, even, you know, the reality is functionally right now, we're shoulder to shoulder. But the Bible's calling us to go beyond that, to be heart to heart. And that scares the socks off us. Because that means that we have to be Transparent. That means that we've got to take risks. That means that we've got to position ourselves. See, and, and I'm scared. If I go, hey, psh, this is me, you might say, ooh, no thank you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I've got a risk. Do I really want to be, see, if I, if I you know, this is Trent, Pastor Trent. <laughs> Perfect, wonderful, oh, just, you know. Um, some, those of you who know me are going, no. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? There's this image that can be portrayed. But for real relationship to exist, I've got to begin to open up. And I've got to begin to step out and say, hey, he, here's a little bit of me. And all of us do that tentatively, don't we? Because as we reach out and say, here's that a little bit of me, my fear is what are you going to do with that little bit of me? Are you going to receive it? Are you going to take it and go, yeah. What are you going to do with that? And so we reach out in the hope that you're going to take it. And then as that happens, as you receive it, then I might say, hey, that was okay. I feel safe here. I'm going to give a little bit more. And so I start to open up and begin to give a little bit more and a little bit more. You see, the thing is God is calling us to take risk, to begin to open up and allow others to come in and look at what we've got. And I understand. I understand because I'm I'm human. I'm not speaking into a void here. I'm speaking into a reality that that I, I go through. That it costs us. You know, people struggle with with you know because like see some people's faith because they're a little bit uncertain about things, they want the guy up on stage to be perfect and to have all the answers. And so when, you, you know, when, when that doesn't happen, they feel threatened. And I see my kids all going, yeah, he doesn't know anything. <laughs> hey, cut it out, guys. 
But you know what I'm saying? And so we feel threatened because it doesn't, you know, I feel safe because you're meant to have all the answers. But God is inviting us as a people to go beyond that, to begin to push into places of risk and of involvement and of commitment to one another, to go beyond. See, look, I don't, I don't not, and you've heard me say this before, I do not want an organization. I don't want a an well-oiled, outstanding, beautifully perfect church. And everybody going, amen, we've got that. <laughs> you guys really are this morning. Because what I want is life. I want family. I want us to, I really want us to, be, to work it out and not just begin because we've done it. Work it out what it means to, to be committed to one another, to be of value, to be involved, to take risk. And that doesn't just happen on a Sunday. In fact, it can't happen on a Sunday morning. See, I have no problem with a Sunday morning service like this. This is when we come together and we celebrate. You know, it's kind of like we, we have a great time. The worship team always do an amazing job. Incredible, don't they? Yeah, they're just brilliant. You know, come on. And we have great times of ministry and, you know, we get testimonies every week virtually of someone being healed and someone being touched and lives being changed and that's great. And, that, and that's part of the family. But you know, we've got to go beyond that as well. And we've got to, we've got to get in, in groups. And as I say, take risks, and not just with people that we like, you know. I mean, I know if everybody was like me, the world would be wonderful. However, I am prepared to accept that not everybody's that good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the old, elders are furiously making notes here. <laughs> Elders meeting is going to be good this Thursday night. Yeah, it is Thursday. No, but you know what I mean? It's a, oh no, I've lost my train of thought. It's about being involved on, on other levels. Last week, I saw an extraordinary thing, and I've seen it for the last few years. But I tell you what, one of the highlights for me is a woman's event. As you know, I keep going on about it. But it's not just the event, which is incredible and spectacular. And again, we're beginning all the emails and, and stuff. What is spectacular to me is the Sunday before, Sunday afternoon before, when 50 or 60 people stay back and help for three to four hours to unpack it down, to pack the church down to get ready for it. That throughout the week, we have another, well, the same, but throughout the week, we counted it. Something like 30 or 40 people come throughout the week and spend their nights after doing a long day's work, come and together build this incredible thing that we're part of. And then last Sunday after church, spent another four hours to undo the church. See, that to me is the community of God in action. It's actually getting our hands dirty together. And that's what I believe God's calling us to, to actually take risk in relationships. Being real. Being real. Being real. You know, the Bible says that God is love. 1 Corinthians 13 says love is patient. Love is kind. So these are definitions of God, and we are the children of God. And, our, and children reflect the character of their parents or their father. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It does not keep records of wrongs. 
See, I think that one of the saddest things in the church is how easy we permit offence. You know, it's, it's almost like the um, permissible Christian sin. You know, well, I'm offended by Joe. <coughs> really? Well, I'm offended by Bill. Well, I've got two Bills and one Joe, so I win. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's, it's like we almost expect to be offended and to react accordingly. But it says here, it keeps no records of wrongs. It always, love does not delight in you, but rejoice through Love believes all things. Hey, listen, did you hear what Trevor said to me the other day? Trevor said? Yeah, I don't think that probably, I think he must have misunderstood because you see, I know Trevor and I don't think he'd say that. Why? Because see, I believe in him. Because love believes all things. It believes the best. It never gives up. I just wanted to ring and see, how you doing? Haven't seen you in a while. You doing okay? Hear that you've been struggling. How can I help you? It's that kind of life involvement. Goes on, the three things remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. You know, our greatest and our only Christian response is love. Firstly, love to God and love to one another. And love to ourselves too. You know, it says that, we, that the world will know that we are his disciples when we love one another as he loved us. We see the first thing about that is that you've got to know how much he loved you. And that's why I go back to what I started with. You are the beloved. There is absolutely no hesitation in God moving towards you. And I mean, we've talked about this for so long. You know, God is not angry, he's not ticked off, and he's not disappointed. You are the apple of his eye. Do you know that? I have a badge at home which says I'm God's favourite. But so are you. Because we all are. Because he delights himself in you. But so many of us, and, and look, you know, a number of you are sitting here right now and saying, yep, yep, I know that trend. But I guarantee you when something goes wrong tomorrow, the first thing that will go through your mind is, oh, is God ticked off at me? Because we have so developed negative self-taught and so lived in a place of shame and so created an expectation of punishment that we don't know how to get our way out of that. And we need to have our minds renewed. We need to have our minds touched by the Spirit of God and be transformed to understanding who we are. You are the beloved of God. You are the beloved of God. We need to learn what it is to walk in an environment Oh, see, if we, if all the Christians in New Zealand, man, I'll put this. Just imagine if we, for 24 hours, decided the only thing we were going to do was encourage and bless everybody that we came in contact with. Imagine the effect that would have across the nation. Imagine the effect it would have across the nation if we actually, instead of thinking, you know, 
how wrong things are, how, you know, why that person didn't do that, how, how this, how that, but we changed our whole mindset and, and tried to develop that it was all positive. Imagine the effect we'd have. In fact, our friends, Wendy and Steve Backlund, I think it's in one of our declaration books out there, they talk about having a 40-day negativity fast. Where for 40 days you don't say anything negative. And I tell you what, that for, for I would put my hand up, for me it would be, it's harder than doing a 40-day fast. You <laughs> know, the reality. Because it's so, you know, I mean, it's so easy to be nice to, you know, little babies and puppy dogs, but when that person tomorrow morning gets in front of you and cuts you off in the traffic, you know, <laughs> you have quite a strong definition about what that person's life is like and what their parents were like, probably. <laughs> and shame on you. So you imagine if we could commit ourselves to doing something like that. But that's what the Lord's calling us to. We are meant to be not only transformed, but we're meant to be a transformational people. To live in that place. And, and the reality is what transforms this world? It's love. It's love. You know, I mean, we are strong on the power of God here. I mean, we preach it, we talk it, we do it. You know, miracles and signs and wonders and healings are, uh, you know, our daily bread in this house. But if that was all we based it on, we'd be lost. The reason we go after those things is because they are an indicator of the love of, of the God that is behind that miracle, sign and wonder and healing. It's an invitation into an encounter. It's like the signs up on the wall there, the exit sign. The healing, the, 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 the miracle is, an, is a sign to the God that did it. It's an invitation to an encounter. A prophetic word is an invitation into an encounter. Everything that we do is an can be, if we position our lives, be an invitation into a deeper encounter with God the Father. Because that's what God's doing to you all the time. You know, God is speaking to you all the time. You know that? He is speaking to you all the time. It's just that we have so much static, so much noise in the background, we actually don't hear him. We don't hear him at all because we've, we've, we're so used to hearing the static of the world. But if you train yourself to begin to hear him, he'll be speaking to you. And you know what he'll be doing, saying to you? He'll be giving you encouragement. That was so good. Wow. Man, that's awesome. Good on you. Hey, look, what do you think we can do with that person over there? Yeah. Actually, a cool story. Just as a side note, this, I had breakfast with a friend this week from Christchurch. And um, he was telling me that on, on Thursday and on Tuesday, he was back up here. He travels back and forth two or three times a week for his business. And he was telling me that he was having dinner with this couple down the viaduct. And um, they were talking about various things about prophetic words. And so the woman turned to him and said, oh, you know, give me a prophetic word. So my friend started to, and her jaw dropped out. And she said, I do not believe that. She said, this last weekend, I went to a woman's event at Liberty Christian Church, and exactly the same prophetic word was given to me. Isn't that awesome? You know? And it totally, I mean, this person lives over the North Shore, has nothing to do with Liberty. We didn't even know she was here. But she came here and got blessed, you know? That's the power of what we're doing. And why do we do that? Because of the love of God the Father. The Lord is moving in our midst. He is moving in our midst. 
and he's moving with the heart of a father for us to engage with him and to engage with one another in real and deeper ways and to engage with those around us to see the love of the Father manifested in and through our lives to bring the glory of the kingdom about. That's the invitation that we have. That's the invitation we have. Sound good? Cool. I'm going to finish there because I didn't even start the first page of my sermon this morning. (laughs) You know, the Lord is just really wanting to, to, to draw us into deeper and deeper places. It's kind of weird, you know, in a sense, because the deeper we go, the further we can reach out. That's the power. The further, the deeper we can go in to him, the further, the more empowered we are to reach out to others. And I just really sense again this morning, and I've already um, spoken some prophetic words over some people this morning that, you know, there's a whole area that God's just wanting to affirm to us the love of the Father to you. So why don't we just stand? (coughs) Hope that all made sense. (laughs) It did to me, but, you know... (coughs) That's no measure of reality whatsoever, unfortunately. (laughs) That's good. Yeah. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I just break any walls of shame that have been there. Father, things that have kept us from reaching out to you. You know, I just really sense that there's, for some, there's like a glass wall. And what you felt like is that you've been a participator, but you've been there, but there's almost been like a a perspex kind of wall around you. So you're here, and everything's going on, and you're even worshipping, but there's been like almost a a, a cone between you and, and others around you. And that's been there, you haven't felt part of it. And I just, want to, I just want to break off any words, anything that would make you not feel part of the family. Right now, in the name of Jesus, I just break off those things, those words, those, those um, and there's not words that have come from here, but there have been things that have been spoken over you in the past that have prevented you from stepping into what God has for you now. And I think even part of what Janet said this morning, you know, is that, we were getting on a bus and we were going on a journey. And for some of us, there's been that fear of even getting on the bus because we've been not sure what God wants to do and that if I'm going to be safe. And Father, you know, and, and look, I can't even pray that into being. I can't pray it into being that you've got to feel safe because there's things that you have to walk through. You have to go before God. You have to say, Lord, I, I need to step into this place. Father, I need to, to be able to take that risk. I need to believe. And Father, I pray that. I pray for courage this morning. Lord, I pray for courage that each one of us would take a step towards one another. Father, even just one step, that we would take the risk and we would begin to take off our overcoats and begin to say, hey, here I am. This is me. This is me. And that, Lord, that, that you would give 
those around us sensitivity to be able to receive and love and minister. Father, that we would be aware of needs and of, of um, things that are going on in one another's lives. Lord, I, I want to I pay the price. I want to pay the price of being involved and connected with, one, with others here. Father, this is my family. This is my community. I want to risk. I want to risk and step across the chicken line and, and say, be transparent so others will be able to be connected to me. Father, I want to learn what it is to be loved and to love. I want to learn how to love others as you love me. And Father, I want to be a person who just releases the fullness of Jesus wherever I go. And Father, today I pray that you would just release a fresh impartation of your love and your presence over this house right now in the name of Jesus. Yeah, thank you, Father.